since it's spooky Halloween season, mm-hmm. I watched The Addams Family again. Ooh, you know what I just watched the other day? Addams Family Values? Addams Family Values. Which one is better, do you think? I think the first one. They're both so good, though. They're great. They're just... <laughs> I, <laughs> They're so good. It's, it's the perfect... Uh, I can't believe how good they are and how well they hold up. They just understood the Adams family so perfectly. It's a family where how would you even describe the Adams family? They they're just a family that like things that you're not supposed to like. That's it. They like <laughs> someone's like in horrible pain and then the other person will be like jealous of them. <laughs> that's right. You know? Yeah, totally. That's it. Like that's it's such a dumb, easy thing when you lay it out like that, but it's so good. But they do it so perfectly. And yeah. Barry Barry Levinson is the perfect person to direct it. He did like Men in Black. Oh, yeah. And he also was the cinematographer for the early Coen Brothers stuff. So he did he did like shot like Raising Arizona. Huh. And a few other ones. That's probably helpful for all the weird stuff they have to film. Right? Like the hand. So yeah, when you see all of the like down on the ground perspective, yeah. they did that in Raising Arizona, too. Mm. And, you know, and like Men in Black, just like the weirdness of... He's the perfect person for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like his 2000s output wasn't really the same. But boy, from like 1985 to 2000, he was absolutely nailing it. He he gets that tone so perfect of... It just feels like the 90s to me. Yeah. Which is just like... Like movies are meant to be inherently a little bit absurd. And like fun and like... Yes. Almost... I don't want to say fake, but like kind of. Um, well, th- this is this is or what this is what the entirety of so much movies is, which is, hey, a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's it. The, like you know, you're watching a movie. They're not trying to trick you into being like it's real life. Yeah. Um, I think if I was gonna compare the two of them, yeah, I would say the downside of Adam's Family Values is. That they split the family up for like most of the movie. Yeah, that's true. And that send the kids to camp. And that the kids, um, basically, the fact that the two Adams family children are by themselves for most of the movie draws your attention, I think, excessively to the fact that the son is kind of boring. He's so boring. Yeah, and Pugsley's they, not interesting. And they lean on Wednesday too hard. She was kind of the breakout too- character of the previous one because yeah. it's like this girl can act this well. And it's like they kind of um just make her i mean she's already mean yeah but they just have her make a lot of like quips and it's like like and so like the normal people will be talking to her and she'll just be like have like a snide aside and that's just not as Mm -hmm. good as her being like well and then it builds up to her you know just like full-on almost killing a bunch of finale is tremendous that's that's what what i will say for the for adam's family values versus regular adam's family Mm -hmm. is that Adam's Family Values has that ending where they stick it to all of the like waspy yeah. types and almost and frighten them almost to death. And I did And and Joan Cusack. I was is just gonna say so good. Joan Cusack killed it. I was kind of wondering if the direction they were gonna go with it was that they were gonna help her lean into being evil or like a murderer. Because they were yeah. always talking about how they murder people. Right, right. But I think they took it in a nice direction, which was that they kind of, we all learned together that mm-hmm. they're all in it for the love of the game. Yes. And she's just being selfish. Right. Yes. <laughs> she's not, she couldn't be one of the Adams family because uh, so the, the, she doesn't like it. Yes. So the funny <laughs> thing is that they already did that in the first movie with the lawyer's wife who ends up like running off with cousin it. Oh yeah, they're like That's you have true. you have secret weirdness under. That's probably why I thought of it. Yeah, totally. Um, but the lawyer in the first one is the only thing I really miss about yeah. the first one. Is he was that great. <laughs> Dan Hedaya is one of those guys you just see and you're like, oh, it's that guy from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's just in a lot of yeah. things. He he's always somebody's has a, dad or a lawyer. Yep, or exactly. A he's always just kind of annoyed. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> he's the like the the parent in the room. Yeah, who's like tired of all this nonsense but truly getting raul julia and christopher lloyd mm-hmm. and angelica houston all in one cast is yeah truly unbelievable i think and the then b- snagging a child actor as good as yeah. christina ricci i really think the best part is the um raul julia and angelica houston together unbelievable 
they're so like <laughs> well, and they they get they get <laughs> memed a lot on tumblr as like the ideal relationship yeah and it is <laughs> but it's so funny because that's like their whole thing is that they they love all the stuff that you're supposed to hate yep but all of them are unconditionally supportive yeah. of everything they're they have like a very great family dynamic yeah they truly do <laughs> and the only thing is that they the only things that they that they that they flaunt are t- the typical conventional stereotypical American life yeah and that makes them outsiders even though by all means they are like the truly I mean they're perfect su- example of an American they're really successful you know yeah exactly <laughs> it's yeah. it is a great oh man what a what a wonderful movie I know you also are not like a huge like horror person no per se but I think the Adams family is a great example of one of those movies that it's like it's spooky yes and it's fun to watch it's not like it, legitimately scary it fulfills the seasonal requirements of halloween without having to be a scary movie exactly it's like a christmas movie but for halloween sign me up absolutely Have you seen the version where they play it on a melodica? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we were able to have a very special screening of Jurassic Park. We yes. got to see it in a movie theater mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Because awesome. a friend a friend rented out the entire theater for his wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Steph. Happy birthday, Steph. Absolutely incredible birthday. Uh, so us and a limited group of friends were able to go and watch Jurassic Park in the theaters. It was awesome. Popcorn and all. I don't think I had seen... I'd never seen it in the on the big screen. I'd never seen it in a theater. I don't know if I had seen literally the whole movie from beginning to end for a long time oh wow i was gonna say at all like no i I mean no i have a couple times for sure but like the opening like i forgot that the the opening was what it was yeah i was really excited to just sit down and have an excuse to uh not look at my phone the whole movie yes (laughs) there were sections of the movie that i forgot existed for sure Mm -hmm. the main the main one being after the intro with the raptor Mm -hmm. where the the guy dies Oh yeah, that one where the it's the people digging in amber, and they're like, "You'll yeah. never get Alan Grant. He's a <laughs> he's a digger." <laughs> yeah, which is I totally forgot about that too. Completely ridiculous, almost that they have to like intro him before they intro him. We need to make the main character a legend before we sh- have him in the like what third minute of the movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> Although it is that's a very Spielberg thing to do. I feel probably is to just keep building and building and building. Yeah. Well, you got to have somebody say that he's the best or else how are we going to know? How would we know that? Other Alan than Grant I guess Hammond showing up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Literally two minutes later. <laughs> yes. Dude, we got to we gotta establish his expertise. Mm-hmm. but And his character. Yeah, of course, of course. As um, an old school I do wanna, hating computers guy. <laughs> I do want to get into that, the anti-technology guy, but yeah. I want to start us off with a question. Mm-hmm. I was talking about this, about my experience going to the movie theater. And seeing Jurassic Park yep. with a coworker that is significantly younger than me. Yep. I would say I am firmly in the middle of the millennials. Yep. Um, maybe a little bit on the higher end. I think it's I like uh, anyway. But my coworker is definitely in Gen Z. Like ten years younger than you. Uh yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this coworker was almost questioning why I would want to watch the Jurassic Park in the first place. Mm-hmm. She was not impressed that that was the movie I had seen in the theater, and hmm. she was like, "Is that movie even any good?" She also said that she has. She was like, "I think I've seen a uh, one of one scene of the movie where the lady's like putting her hand in the poop, <laughs> but it, but it, I might have just seen it as a gif." 
which is the most Gen Z thing I could ever uh, think to hear. You know what? There are a lot of moments in this movie that I am like, people have made a meme of that. People have made a yep. meme of that. You know, It's a full meme movie it at is. this point. But it's because it's so good. Because oh, there's yeah. so many sections that <laughs> yeah. that are just like so iconic. That And so I guess really my question is, is this movie... Is this movie good? I mean, it, not only is this movie good, obviously it's good to us, but is this movie worth the buzz that we keep giving it? Or is it going to be sort of a, like, you had to, not even you had to be there, but just like a be within its window type of thing? I gotta say, that question in general is just completely jarring to me. It's impossible to predict, <laughs> obviously, but like, like no, is I, this as big a deal as we even think that. it is? I just mean, it's clearly obviously amazing, right? I think so. I can't imagine a person watching and not thinking this is a great movie. It, that that shook me though, and obviously everyone who watched it with us last night, there were people who hadn't seen it before who are our age, and yeah. at least four of them had not seen it, uh, and they and they all loved it. They all thought it was incredible. I I just think like I don't know. That's just completely. I, I can't even... Am I just talking to someone who just doesn't know what they're talking <laughs> I about? I think they just haven't seen it. Okay, okay, yeah. good. No, I just think there are movies that are like, oh yeah, that's like a nostalgia movie or whatever. Yeah. But that's like, it's just a good movie. It is, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Like, it's not like, like I could understand how someone who hasn't seen it might think that because like, you know, they keep making them. Yes. And, and the, they keep getting worse. And they keep getting worse. And clearly part of the pitch is the like movie magic and yeah. movie magic, you know, keeps hypothetically doesn't always getting hold, better. Yeah, it doesn't always hold up in and the same so, way. And so, yeah, like looking backwards, you might assume that it's not as good or whatever. It'd be like us being really excited about the Jason and the Argonauts skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> wow, the stop motion is integrated so well. Like, I'm still impressed, but it's not <laughs> It's not amazing like, no. now. Um, it's amazing that they put in the work they did, but it's yeah. not. it doesn't look the same it's as It's not like it would. a great movie. Yeah. And I think that's part of why people we're so impressed with the movie when it first came out yeah obviously this has been talked about to the, death yes just about how the tech genuinely looks incredible. real yeah it looks actually like dinosaurs i kept thinking throughout the movie of like part of why this works that i don't think people have really inspected very much yeah is how much how many leaves there are everywhere <laughs> <laughs> like ever like i there are only a couple shots mostly of the velociraptors in the kitchen yeah. where they can't hide any part of them really yep. with leaves. Oh, for because sure. Because there's tree branches in front of like I'd say a third of every dinosaur there in most is of the movie. <laughs> so much hidden in this movie. Yeah. There there's so much implied, I guess. But you don't think about say. it, so it's perfect. It is really good. <laughs> okay, so so we can agree My, that this movie holds I, up. I had a moment at the end of the movie where they had the with the T Rex roaring in the uh-huh. visitor center with the big sign. Yep, the banner. And I basically had a thought that went through my head, which was if you don't think that rules movies just aren't for you. <laughs> like if you don't like like I, I don't know, for whatever reason, in that moment, I could, like, visualize a person, like, not being into it or, like, rolling their eyes a little yeah. bit. Like, that's kind of on the nose or whatever, that like, the banner. It is. Or whatever. But, but I'm just like, if you don't like it, then you just don't watch movies. Just give up. Get into something else. Yeah. Go to, just do a different thing. I don't care. Yeah. Like, Honestly. Go watch sports or go. Get into uh, sewing or something. Yeah. I don't know. Get a, I don't know. <laughs> Find a hobby Find a, and do that instead of movies. Just a completely like non-narrative hobby. Because there's no point in you watching <laughs> yeah. this that, if you just, don't like that. Yeah. So that's my take on that. Okay, good. I'm glad that we've established this is <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. We can now talk about why it's good. But I just wanted yeah. to make sure that, like, am I insane? I think, um, like, that's how I feel about, like, Jurassic Park 2. Oh, I don't care about it. I saw it in the I've theaters, and f- so I still have nostalgic for it, even though I know it's not I've good. I've seen it a few times, all as an adult. Yeah. And I don't really care. So maybe... Um, so so, so I, that might be the difference, is that, like, like, obviously, Jurassic Park, we saw it now again and we're amazed by it but also our adult friends saw it and we're like what an incredible movie well and also i just think the jurassic jurassic park, park 2 has, does not hold up the same way jurassic park has like themes and subtexts and stuff yeah that's true <laughs> you know yeah. and like it's and also you can't do it 
like I, I'm not trying to like bash anybody who likes any of the other uh, Jurassic Park movies, but you only have one opportunity to do like the specific things that make up the first like half of the movie which is just the awe and wonder of dinosaurs being real right and like being the first people on earth to learn that Mm -hmm. that's true not that they're real that they're back it does really hang on that doesn't it yeah the idea that like because in the second one you can't be like you're playing god again it can only go wrong once yes there's a reason they didn't make king kong (laughs) 2 like it went wrong already (laughs) you know like we learned our lesson like that's kind of it that's so like that's so true oh even just like the sci-fi part of it which i've mentioned before really liking about alien oh yeah which is that it's like think of all of the stuff that we all fantasize about the future and like technology and it'll be amazing. Mm -hmm. And what if all of the problems that we still deal with that are ruining our life on a day-to-day basis are all still around and make it terrible. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. What if, what if we can, what if we had the wonder of cloning dinosaurs, but also, uh, it was put together by a con man flea, uh, flea farm or a flea circus circus guy and a bunch of like shady investors. I was just going to say no. And then, (laughs) And then we hired a contractor and underpaid him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if we were still like doing gig economy work, <laughs> yeah. but with dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What like, if it was a theme park, but like in all the terrible ways? Yeah. Like, you know how you go to Disney, how you've been to like Disneyland or Valley Fair and it got rained out all day and like yeah. all your favorite rides broke? What if that happened with a dinosaur park so, and it killed you? <laughs> I do want to actually talk about that a little bit. Just the idea, because it's really got me on something here now that you're saying that, that he's so obsessed with automation in this. Mm -hmm. That's such an early 90s worry. Yeah. That that was, you know, like Clinton was in office. He was talking about uh, globalization. That's like the whole NAFTA thing. Yeah. People were worried about their not being able to build cars. Yeah, we were, we were getting rid of industry, and mm-hmm. we were just the, everyone was worried it's all going to go toward robots. Yep. Like, and his whole thing was like, we won't have to pay anybody. Yeah, and and that's the part that went wrong. We can run it on a skeleton crew. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and that's and the whole like the whole like Ian Malcolm's chaos thing was yeah. we didn't plan on this one guy being like literally ruining the whole thing by himself. Yeah. Um, but one other thing about that automation thing. And this can get us into actually talking about the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the movie, there are like 20 guys running around in order to deliver this Velociraptor. Yep. And I just kept thinking that like, you know, they hired all these dudes to push this cage. Now, yeah. now that they've... <laughs> yeah. To like push it into the right position and, they, and it doesn't lock. Yep. And then they hired one guy and his whole job was to lift the cage up <laughs> yeah. like lift the door yeah his whole thing was just to lift the door yeah, that yeah. was his job and he died doing it <laughs> yeah and this like otherwise fully automated park yeah <laughs> spared no expense <laughs> except uh, for this expense where yeah, he could have just like the... put a lock on the thing <laughs> so yeah. it didn't open up and kill the guy <laughs> i know in in my um in, when we previously talked about the most recent one i think Quite a few episodes ago, Jurassic, we talked about that. Yeah, Fallen, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, and I mentioned at that point... What a garbage how, movie. Yeah. I mentioned then how funny I think it is how often he talks about sparing no expense. Yeah. Because everybody's always like asking him these like moral questions. Yep. Or like, not even that pat- like moral, but just like philosophical questions, you know, about like, you know, what scientists should be able to do. And he's just like, it's okay, guys. We spent a lot of money. Yes. You know, and I just think that's even like, even so when good. Ellie Sattler when they're sitting down, they're like hoping that, that the kids and Ellen are fine, but yeah. they just don't know. She sits down with him across the table from him. Yeah. And he's eating ice cream and he's <laughs> like, Well next time we'll just we'll we'll hire the right people yeah we'll spend more money well we won't do automation we'll have peop- more people yes involved. yeah we figured out that we did this wrong next yep. time we'll do it right and and, and she's like you can't do it right <laughs> yeah man it's incredible that they i just couldn't believe how well they hammered the themes home in this yeah um do we want to just like kind of do the brief overview plot thing just because who hasn't seen it at this uh, point? Yeah, if I you don't haven't know. seen Jurassic Park, please go watch it. But we could go through. Let's go through just Even a little bit. Even if you bit. have seen it recently, like if you haven't seen it in the last year, you should watch it. Yeah, let's go through a, a couple scenes at yeah. least. Um, 
after the opening, which is tremendously good of scaring us and without seeing a single effect, yep. uh, like dinosaur effect, yeah. just incredible that they just literally just entirely through sound editing and having a guy get pulled. Yep. Already sell you. I just remember thinking the first time we watched this movie, I was nine, you were seven, yeah. and Ross was five. Yeah. And uh, somehow dad let us keep watching this. <laughs> And yeah. I can't believe Ross didn't have nightmares. A five-year-old yeah. kid seeing that movie is too much. <laughs> yep, he loved that opening too much. scene still stuck with me. Yeah, um, but then they then they get into obviously the intro to Doctor Grant. Yes, the like he's a digger. Yes, which is so uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. And oh, then, it is. And you go meet Doctor Grant, and what is her name? Sat- Ellie, Sat- Ellie Sattler. Sattler. Yep. I have a lot of thoughts about Doctor Grant. Yeah. Oh, let's get into. And I don't it. know. Okay. So we don't have to go scene by scene. Let's yeah. just let's just let's delve just get in. into it. So, actually, the opening scene with the Velociraptor cage, yeah, very that the thing of pushing that cage in that thing gives me like in this big storm or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's at night. Um, I think is a good tipping off point for one of the things I was thinking of throughout the movie, which is basically comparing it to Frankenstein. Oh yeah, it's a very much You'd like Doc Franken or the monster on the table lifting up in the lightning oh, storm sure, kind of sure. vibe. Yeah, um, that's not really as that's important, an interesting whatever. comparison. But but um, the other thing I kept thinking of, I kept thinking about Doctor Grant mm-hmm. and how, as many people know, uh, the movie is a whole thing about life will find a way. You know, people have pointed out before Doctor Grant struggling with the two. The two female ends ends of of the seatbelts being like being a foreshadowing of the fact that these female dinosaurs have found a way to breed. Yeah. And so I was thinking like that. And also that Steven Spielberg has a big dad thing. He is obsessed. He's obsessed with with fatherhood. Did he, he, his parents divorced when he was young or something like that? Is that like an actual thing that happened to him? Well, I always talking about it. I did look up and find out that he got divorced Yes, a few years before, probably like five years before he made Jurassic Park. Well, he got he got di- he wasn't didn't he get divorced from what's her name in Temple of Doom? He married her after he divorced somebody else. Right, that's why a Temple of Doom actor. was so mean. Is probably him. Yeah. Him and George Lucas had both just gone through <laughs> yeah, divorces. Yeah. So but then, so he divorced her before Jurassic Park. No, no, no. Uh, the one in like 1980, yeah. 85 or whatever, that was when he got divorced and he got married again. He was still married to... Got it. Yeah. The other actress from Temple of Doom at this point. But he already had like had a kid in yes. his first marriage. And so I just think... Anyway, um, the way I read a lot of the movie from the character of Dr. Grant is him mm-hmm. struggling with the idea of wanting to bec- of becoming a dad. Yeah. Right? Like... Uh, Sattler talks to him in the scene where you meet them about yes and he's just like you want to have a kid don't you want one of those yeah and she's just like oh yeah it'd be great to have a couple of Dr. Grants or you know I, I don't want that kid right you know I want, it would be our kid um, and so well, and that's the thing are they even together really I couldn't I didn't remember that from the other times that I'd seen it but it seems like yeah it I mean, seems like it but it, <laughs> I'm not totally convinced he does, they don't they don't hit it super hard yeah but that is I think the um, implication. If it's not with her, literally, it's just with. She's just representative. She's just floating the of, idea of like. Well, I think just thematically, she was representative of the mom in a. Yes. You know. For sure. Hu- in a husband and wife making a kid proposition. In any sort of Spielberg to thing. someone like Steven Spielberg, who is a straight guy. Obviously. Yes. So, so things that are in the opening, which are all great about Doctor Grant. Mm-hmm. He's mean to the kid. <laughs> incredible mm. he hates technology and basically just the future in general yep um only loves the past yep <laughs> Once, he only wants to dig yep and then basically just that like yeah just the conversation that he and sattler have like the fact that anyway it, it, it'll just come up in a bunch of spots i don't whenever i have things like this i don't know if i should just like do keep, it all at once keep going <laughs> yeah you we might as well like you can dive into the idea that like he's forced to deal with these kids and that's kind of yeah. what like gets him into used to the idea that like life found a way to make him a dad a little bit pretty much is that kind of where you're going so, with this so basically i'm just gonna re- tell you some things that were yeah. in the movie top around when i'm trying to find 
interesting themes or interesting things to read out of a movie. Yeah. Usually what I gravitate towards is things that don't need to be in there necessarily. Totally. So, for example, Malcolm talking about his kids. About how he has like a bunch of kids with like a bunch of different women. I forgot about that. And it's kind of unnecessary. Super unnecessary. And it kind of portrays Malcolm as being kind of the opposite of what Malcolm is in the Jurassic Park scenario, which is he's the reckless guy, just having kids willy-nilly, kind of not caring how they end up Mm -hmm. because he's really leaning into the chaos element, just that kids are an opportunity for chaos, essentially. Yeah. And and Dr. Grant doesn't like that because he's scared that if he basically has a kid, that it'll be horribly disastrous or monstrous or dangerous for them i i really i think and i think that really ties into the idea that you kind of mentioned briefly and i just can't stop thinking about now that you mentioned it the idea that dr grant is so obsessed with the past yep and absolutely terrified of the future he's terrified about the future and and the idea that like for him dinosaurs represent the past yep that's like a safe thing he knows about He's looking it. at fossils that haven't moved in a yes. million years and then suddenly they bring dinosaurs into the future and it's like the scariest thing ever living dinosaurs yes and kids represent the future to him yep. and like computers talking about yeah computers a fully automated park yes terrifies him and he, even just like talking with ellie about anything yep. represents the future to him yep and he just doesn't want it. So here's some other one. That's so good. It's just like the idea of him being content with thinking about the future yeah. in this entire movie. Really, oh, I'm just so, like stunned. We got some more. So we got the way <laughs> the way the geneticists talk about them being all female dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Specifically, the way they say that we deny the dinosaurs the hormone that creates maleness. Oh, Which man. I think is interesting. So, which I think also ties into the God creates man or the God creates dinosaur, God destroys dinosaurs. God uh, creates man, man. God creates man, man, man creates dinosaurs. Man destroys God, man creates yeah. dinosaurs. Dinosaurs eat man. Yes, and then Sattler jokes, Woman. women inherit the earth. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is a, I so, laughed out loud at that yeah, point. I just, that was so, a funny joke. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of, it's a joke, but, it, like, I just think the way they talk about, like, males and females biologically yeah. in the movie kind of sets up Grant to be the male in the equation and to basically set that up as being like him unnaturally intervening in the life of the world by making a kid out of nothing and you know that he's responsible for it woof yeah that's Uh, and he's scared of it (laughs) that's deep (laughs) that's what you know so i thought that was interesting and then the other one being uh that the park's ultimate downfall was caused by hammond's greedy son Okay, so I actually looked that up immediately after the movie. Yeah? Yes, because he does say thanks, Dad, but it's kind of oh, sounds kind of sarc- it's a it's a joke. Oh. So so I found one site that said that that Dennis Nedry is Hammond's stepson, but that sounds kind of crazy for like a insanely rich billionaire Scottish guy to marry some guy or yeah. some woman who Had a, has a son that is Dennis Nedry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that seemed like a stretch to me. So ultimately, I believe in the book, uh-huh. and I'm just pulling. You know, it's yeah, whatever. This is from what I read on the internet. Yeah, the idea was that Dennis Nedry was just some contractor guy. Oh, uh, okay. And and he's already mad at the company because they are denying his contracts until he fixes all this stuff for free. Yeah, they're they're like telling his other like projects yeah. like. Don't hire the like he's which not, is crazy because that's how uh, CGI contracting goes for movies now. Yes, totally. <laughs> so, anyway. so anyway, he's like a disgruntled employee, and he's just saying thanks, yeah. Dad, like in a sarcastic yeah. way. But but that the joke still absolutely fits plays in. into it. That so fits in. Perfectly. So anyway, the way I the and I'm not saying that this is necessarily what Steven Spielberg believes or whatever, but just that and who knows, maybe it says something about me. Uh, but like that reading for me kind of sums up as being that Dr. Grant views life as being like making a kid specifically mm-hmm. as being like uh, something that he's doing for like a mom, for example, at the expense of a kid. 
just that even just that thing about like the genetically like intervening kind of thing about how like even just the whole life finds a way the thing, idea of like the of, whole the whole life like, finds a way thing of like that that just like a a male dinosaur is just going to spontaneously like violently erupt in the world, you know? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. he clearly is looking at his existence in the equation in like a guilty way. Yeah. That like, that like being someone who can bring life into the world is almost like a, a bad thing in his mind. At like that's almost like it's a guilt. He has like a guilt. Toward yeah. It. And which I think also probably ties into the kids parents getting divorced which they drop way at the beginning of the movie for just like one second yeah totally and then when the lawyer leaves them and then the girl keeps saying he left us he left us he left us Oof. and then the, i never thought of that either. dr grant is like yeah but i'm not gonna you know right and yes like totally big uh, big step parent vibes with that one unreal anyway. wow that's i you found the right <laughs> lens for this movie that i had never thought of like well, i mean obviously there are so many dad i mean there's so yeah. many parent things in this movie just that the whole life finds mm-hmm. a way in the first place. Yeah. But just the whole like Steven Spielberg dad lens. You and just really can't avoid it, can you? No, you really can't. And it, I might as well just wrap it up. Do on it, man. This part of what I was thinking about. So the other part that I thought was really interesting that I think made me start thinking of the movie as being much more about Dr. Grant than the plot would suggest. Yeah. Is like... Uh, towards the end of the movie, he finds the empty eggshells yeah, in the right. wild. Yeah. And he kind of, uh, which proves that the dinosaurs adapted. They overcame, yep. you know, the scientists. The, the frog DNA came in handy. Yep. And so basically, Dr. Grant, he wasn't like scared or mad. He was just like impressed. He's really amazed in that yeah. scene. He's he's amazed at the life finding a way. He's obviously is like you son of a bitch about Ian Malcolm being yep. right. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't really play into the rest of the plot of the movie. Like it's not like those are a bunch of baby raptors and they like kill a bunch of people, right? No, right. It kind of just dangles. Which to me says that it is a scene about Dr. Grant and him realizing that life does find a way. And I think specifically him, after he spent some time with the kids realizing that his part in it isn't like the only factor just that like these kids are growing up on their own also you know and like they like just have their own thing going on and you can't control it and that's like good you know and they just like uh kind of just like grow up anyway yeah whether even if you screw it up you know um and i think it basically all and this is gonna sound really lame culminates with Lex saving the day using the computer. <laughs> Interesting. Because Please explain Grant more. Grant hates computers. Oh, he hates yeah. technology. He hates the future. And he doesn't want to have kids. Yep. And then, you know. And then he the saves. The kid saves the day with the computer. He saves that girl. And so she is able to, in yeah. turn, save him yeah. and everybody else. And they're like a real, they're like a family the that all helps each other. It's not just him. Yes. Taking on the responsibility, having to control it all himself. You know, like they grow up and they become real people that like, you know, wow, that is wild. Okay. So I have a question for you, <laughs> which I think is the only thing that justifies the corniness of the computer. <laughs> in, ni- in 1993, I remember it being cool. Oh, okay. Nice. I when don't I, remember when I was nine. Yeah. Actually, I probably, I wasn't even nine. Oh yeah. Okay. So that would have been a couple of years after the movie came out. Yeah. But in 1995, when I was nine years old, uh, those graphics were still cool, and that <laughs> nice. is exactly how I thought computers worked, and so yep. amazing. Really, Very it should good. work that way. So here's a question for you. Yes. We have haven't really, you know, I do want to get into, like, what are the cool scenes? Uh, yes. But before that, I want to get into the fact that this was a book. Yeah. How much of this do you think is intentional by Michael Crichton? Michael Crichton is sort of almost a notorious crank. Yeah. And a lot of his science is bad. Yeah. Uh, and not only is his science bad, but <laughs> he was, I mean, he's like a climate change denier or was before he died. Okay. You know, just like his stuff was real sketch and he would kind of, he seemed like a very sciencey guy, but he would basically twist it to make the plot work. Sure. Almost all the time. He had some very weird views ultimately, okay. but I wonder... Because this doesn't seem like a theme that he would care about necessarily, and yeah, and I know that we had talked a little bit about the book and how a lot of the characters come off as just a little meaner. 
Yes. Or weird. That's what I think is the biggest standout difference between the book and the movie is that every Michael Crichton book has not even just one, multiple, just full on, just dirtbag, cruel people. Yeah. And they're mostly just, and they're mostly like corporate yeah. people in some way. Yeah. Like John Hammond in the book is kind greedy. of greedy. Yeah, he's he almost doesn't seem to care about human life he doesn't really care if his grandkids die really yeah he's, he's just concerned about the park and making money yeah and he ends up dying at the end of the first one. Oh yeah yeah in you know he all the little compies the little yep. tiny dinosaurs are the ones that end up track they and they ended up using that death in the second movie yeah but he that's how he dies the whole thing is that like he dies kind of under this weird illusion that he's gonna get out and be fine yeah and that he his ignorance killed him yeah i think so clearly i mean the book has a lot of the same elements about like creation of life yep you know and like the responsibility that that holds yeah basically it's like if ian malcolm had written had written the movie yeah and (laughs) i instead of alan grant yeah and i don't remember there being anything that has to do with like you know parenting i mean the grandkids are in there yeah i think just as just you know helpless victims and just i don't know yeah i don't remember that being in there you'll think this is interesting so i saw a thing steven spielberg said that he related to the hammond character as like Ooh, a showman okay and yeah so i think totally. that's why he made hammond a lot nicer yeah and basically like a gentle old confused man who's that's in his, over his head that's his stand-in that's really interesting so that i he got think richard attenborough too i think he probably needed to find a different focal point of the movie probably yeah Yeah, probably that's what i would think well whoever whoever adapted the script did an incredible job it's so good because the book is cool the book rules but it definitely doesn't hit the themes the same way that this one does yeah this movie does hold up in such an insane way the book gets kind of bogged down i think in the technology yes and the sci-fi but the chaos theory thing is really cool yeah but like the movie the movie's so light. It's so yeah. it's so deft. It it, it it touches. It will touch on a theme. It, it yeah. will dip in really quick. It will say, "Hey, here's the thing about you know the kids and how yep. they are." It drops just the right stuff. Yep, and then and then it'll float back out. Even the character of Ian Malcolm, so like incredible. He, he's, he, he's there's just the right <laughs> amount of him. If there were more, yeah. he'd be kind of insufferable. Yep. He'd be the Kramer. I'm so glad they didn't give him something to do in the last like third of the movie. Yeah, honestly. He was just injured. Yeah. And he just laid down. Perfect. <laughs> Good. Because his you. whole thing is that he just needs to talk. Well, and he's the... It's funny that they made him the guy who describes chaos theory, but he's also an element of chaos right in the psyche of dr grant for sure uh, yes hitting <laughs> making, on yeah hitting, hitting on, on ellie is, yeah. is really funny yeah asking if she's like you know available yeah <laughs> which i think is funny because even for grant as like uh you know her like her partner or whatever and like i'm sure that's one of those things that people who don't who are reluctant to become parents are like oh, this is a thing yep. if they really want a kid they might leave me you know yeah totally and anyway i don't know yeah, it's incredible. Um, I do want to talk about how well this still holds up. Uh, yeah. Just in a, almost, not just a scene-by-scene scene basis, but... Uh, I got a good part for you. For I, I also do. Oh, but you go ahead. I was just going to say, last night we were watching the movie on the big screen. Yeah. And it starts, in, in the movie, it starts raining. Mm-hmm. You know what that means? The T-Rex scene is showing up. <laughs> yep. And... Just for 10 solid minutes, you almost forget you're watching a movie. It's so mm-hmm. incredible. Just f- every step of it just escalates yeah. and escalates and escalates. And it's so perfect. You start off with everything stops. The two, you know, the, the Grant and Malcolm are talking and the screen turns off. Mm-hmm. The kids are sitting in there and looking with the night vision goggles. Yep. And... Then you start hearing the thuds, and you get that awesome, the you know, the water cups. Yeah. Uh, Which, by the way, I love how those are just, like, there. Yeah, right? I never thought about it before until this time. I'm like, why are those there? I just had water <laughs> anyway, along. Don't worry about it. doesn't matter. <laughs> Incredible. And then and then you get, like, the, where's the goat? Yep. <laughs> and then the cables are breaking, you know, and then they drop that on there, and they're mm-hmm. screaming. The light turns on. The, the T-Rex is almost going to leave, and then... She shines the flashlight in his face. Yep. Uh, and Alan Grant is like basically explaining exactly what's going on the whole time. Yep. The 
lawyer runs away. <laughs> yeah. Just like it just keeps going and it, escalating, going and escalating. Yeah. You and and at the moment where the T Rex moves its head down and it its eye goes into the flashlight and the eye the, the pupil yeah. dilates. <laughs> yeah. And it just goes from being like, oh, a monster, uh, like an, a dinosaur to, oh, this is like a monster. Yeah. Like, like the, the pupil <laughs> yeah. dilating is such an, is such an animal move. Yeah. To me. It's great. That it instantly just turns you into like, oh, they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's going to die. Yeah. I think what's great about that whole scene is that like, um, them being in cars. Yeah. And, like it's night and stormy and all that. Yep. It's such like a, like a almost stereotypical horror movie everything about it uh-huh and it's like it could be like a guy with a axe right and they're like hiding in the car you know and oh like it's very thinking that it's, it'll save them or whatever but then you're right it makes that little turn and you're like oh yeah it's not that it's a huge dinosaur this thing is an animal <laughs> yeah and it and then it knocks the car over yeah. or it like breaks the glass on the top the the yeah. jeep with the glass on top yeah. incredible yeah and then you know they get the flares out and they try and scare it away and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then guy gets eaten. <laughs> Lawyer, um, but it just goes and goes and goes. And then it gets to the end where they they get over the fence and the the, the oh and Jeep, it pushes the car over. It pushes the, the edge. car over. That's and, so good. And they and then it misses them like so slightly. And then that's the end of the scene. And they cut to all the people in the control room. They immediately cut to Samuel L. Jackson being like, "Well, this isn't good." Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing what's happening. Like, I forgot. I didn't know where. That surprised me. Yeah. Because I was so stunned. Because I was so into that scene, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that it. It, it, it feels like, like it could literally go on forever. It could. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's really it. And so, I mean, that seems to me like the focal point of the whole movie. That's, Pretty much. It, it truly is because I was as I was watching, I was like. Man, the first like forty five minutes of this is so nice. Yeah, there's no conflict. You know what? Everyone's happy. That's the thing that I was gonna mention as being the things that um, hold up or whatever you were saying. Yeah, or like um, is just the when they first get to the island and they see the first dinosaurs the wonder of seeing the dinosaurs it's just so filled with wonder and they're just like the theme. so overwhelmed. Yes, and like they 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 made that so well. Of just like, even just the slow ramp up of them seeing like a dinosaur. Oh, which yes. by the end of the movie, it's so quaint to think that they are gonna see like one dinosaur and just absolutely lose their minds. Right. Yep. But like that's totally what you would do. Yeah. And that's what you know you were doing if you've seen if you're watching the movie, especially in 1995. You know? Oh, same. <laughs> like, yeah, the effects were insane. Yeah. And and truly, I, I will say something about the effects. Like, not every effect is perfect. Yeah. Um. You can see anytime a computer effect is in full sunlight, you can tell it is a computer effect at this point. Yeah. Well, especially if you're watching it on a big screen as big as yeah. we were watching it. But I'm fine with that. But anything in the dark, mm-hmm. in the rain, yeah, uh, in low light is like indistinguishable from real life almost. Yeah. It's incredible and- how much they pulled off knowing that Oh, if we just like have a scene in the dark, like it's gonna look more realistic. Yeah, and like a lot of the like um, not models, whatever the like the big just the practical like the big brachiosaurus head. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like good enough. Yep, it's not about the brachiosaurus at that point. Hey, a movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's it it convinces you enough to you want to. This isn't a tech demo, right? Exactly. That's a movie. That scene is about the kids anyway. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know. Yeah, it's um, really good. The, and then basically the raptors they nailed. Oh man. Okay, can we the talk about that? Like obviously the kitchen scene is the one that everyone talks about, yeah. but just the initial scene of Ellie Sattler in the control room. Laura Dern running to the yeah. breaker. Isn't Laura Dern great, by the way? Oh man. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> and she's like what, like twenty five in this movie? I have no if idea. That. Must be. Uh, let's see. She was born in '67, so '87 like she would have been 20. So she would have been about like 25 when yeah, they shot. This. When they shot it, yeah, yeah, unreal, absolutely insane. Like that, like a 25 year old Laura Dern can hold up as uh, she's such a she was such an incredible actress immediately. Yeah, and then continued over the next what like 20 some years to 
just be like a 10 out of 10 quality. Yeah. She's insanely good. She's great. Her honestly, her reaction when she sees the dinosaur, yeah, is for the first time is so charming. Yep. Uh, yeah. she's just like truly stunned. And then the other thing is when she gets out of the breaker room, and yeah. she's like breathing and like crying so hard that she can't. Yeah. It's it's real. It's like yep. it's just straight up real. So good. She's incredible. <laughs> also, what we keep talking about, Alan Grant. Uh, Sam Neill, I want to, I, I hate to just say like underrated, but, yeah. <laughs> but insane. If you think one, this guy's from New Zealand and he has a thick New Zealand accent oh, yeah. to the fact that like in the nineties, we all decided that Sam Neill was like a leading man yeah, and that he, him and like that and like event horizon and some of these other movies, yeah. he was in a John Carpenter movie, I believe a nineties one, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, suddenly Sam Neill is the guy, but you can see why he's, he plays He's so good at playing gruff. I don't know if you've seen yeah. uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yes. He basically oh, plays so like good. like a 20 years older version yeah. of Alan Grant. Yeah. And he, it's he's so good. But he he's so good at being obviously like taciturn. Yeah, kind of just standoffish, but also uh, yeah. but also approachable in a weird way. It's a tough one to nail because like I mean if he's the first thing that you see him do is be mean to a kid. <laughs> well, that kid was asking for it. The kid was asking for it, but still, you know, it's like a tough, it's a line you gotta, yeah, you know, walk. Um, and, and just the fact that he is arguably the main character of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but his so. main characteristics are like, he doesn't want to engage with people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's a tough one sometimes. So Absolutely. He'd be great. Um, while we're talking about, great acting yeah ian malcolm <laughs> i mean no so he's the he's like the <laughs> meme at this point you is. know what i mean he's almost not even like a real but he's like boy he's good though he is i mean he i think okay so so i had i had i gotta mention <laughs> that we were watching you know i was sitting near you in the yeah. theater yeah and in the <laughs> opening scene that you see you meet him yep. is in the helicopter and he's like are you two uh you know, dinosaur hunters, you, you dinosaur hunters, and the, and they're like they say something. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so long. It goes on forever. His laugh is insane. And yeah. someone, I know that you know that someone did a remix of it on yep. YouTube. Yep. I will. I'll post some of it in. Yeah. But I could not stop thinking of that, and I know yeah. you were thinking of oh, it. Oh, absolutely. I, I just like heard the th- it happened, and I heard you laugh, and I was like, I also remember that YouTube clip. Or the scene of him where he's got his shirt like fully open. Yes, I've seen people just, like, like on display. Do an oil painting of that. And he's he's got so many lines. <laughs> like uh, He's the must-go-faster, must-go-faster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're selling, you're selling. <laughs> you know, when he's pounding the table. Oh, yeah. He's talking about... Um, Life, life uh, finds a way. That's and him. There it is. Yep. There <laughs> like, it is. I, I just wonder what he based that off of. Who knows? I mean, it's it's really just Jeff Goldblum, right? He, I mean, like you, anything else you've seen him in other than The Fly is him just getting yeah, to he's, be weird. He's always weird. Yeah. But I just think, okay, this isn't like some small movie. No. Where they just happen to get a weird guy, you know, like. It is incredible they that they picked him. him. They, you know, they do multiple takes of these things. They wanted him to do it weird. Yeah, it's true. And like, what? <laughs> like, I like it. I think he based the whole thing on the fact that he has multiple kids by multiple women. Yeah, his, probably. His little quote of that is like, "Oh, he's a weird playboy." Yeah. Who also he's just, like a who's a, also a mathematician. Yeah, like a rock star mathematician <laughs> yeah, like, that the, exists in the world. That makes no sense. <laughs> But that's also kind of what makes this movie so great. I sp- yeah. I suppose uh, uh, between all of them, they must have known some uh, Hollywood agent, you know, who's 
has a huge personality that they could base it off of roughly oh that's probably true <laughs> you know yeah that'd there's be, a lot of huge personalities out there so it is interesting to always hear like oh yeah we all knew this one guy yeah he was he was some producer that we all hated and so i yeah. decided to like act like him or whatever and you know what it could just maybe it's just gold bloom acting like himself it's, maybe it's the one movie where he's got to just be only himself the whole movie it sure <laughs> seems like it if you've seen some anything after this movie honestly the thing that i've seen him in the most after this is probably portlandia oh funny <laughs> he shows up in there a few times he's in oh that and like life aquatic oh yeah that's true and uh west anderson movies he's in quite west a few anderson of those. movies and then also in thor ragnarok they give him a big part oh yeah he went and he's that really good in that but that that was just like just be jeff goldblum and yeah he, and he did love it so they picked they picked right okay mm-hmm. so so here's always the question you have to ask about any uh, movie from 1980 until 2000, how were the kid actors? How does the kid actors hold up? Great question. First of all, I got a shout out. Don't remember his name, but the little boy grows up to be in the social network. He's one of the guys on their team. No way. Really? Yep. He plays... You're kidding me. Uh, like Mos- Tim? He plays um, like Moskowitz or something. Are you kidding me? Oh, sure enough. Joseph Mazzello, Social Network. Unreal. Dustin Moskovitz. Yeah. No way. That's the same guy? Yeah. Okay, I've learned something new right now Uh that is incredible. Um, Good for him for being in two incredible movies. Right? He is officially uh, so much movies endorsed. Yes. Yep. Uh, This is the first time. We love Joseph Mazzello. This is the first time that I've, I've... experienced it the other way around where i see the kid i'm like hey it's the guy from the social network (laughs) you know it's always been the other way totally um he's also apparently in uh bohemian rhapsody which i do not care about yeah um anyway i thought he did pretty good he was he was good because he's supposed to be annoying i got it yeah he had an easy task of being the 10 year old who is obsessed with dinosaurs yep uh which maybe he was in real life um the girl had a harder role girl had a much harder one but so the computer thing is corny as hell yeah obviously we know yep. that that's fine that's that's in that's in the books so we can blame the book for that wow i forgot that but the, they switch the roles the the boy is uh, obsessed with computers and the girl is obsessed with dinosaurs oh okay and they switch them around yeah. but uh the one thing the girl is insanely good at being terrified yep she nailed that unbelievably good the her I, the 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 part where she has they're eating the food, and she has the spoonful of yeah. Jello in her hand. Yeah. And her hand is shaking so hard that the Jello she is just going dinosaur. insane. Yeah, she looks so terrified for real. Yep. And the the with the big T Rex when they're in the car. Yeah, she did good with that. Yep. With the flashlight. Yep. I just think, um, and obviously it's partially her, partly the direction. Of course. I think it was very smart to have her be. Uh, petrified with yes. fear, you know, like going with the freeze response. Not being able to think more often because that one, it's probably easier for a kid to do. Yep. Two, it's more interesting anyway because oh, yeah. you get that moment of what's she looking at? Like we were saying with the Velociraptor yeah. the kid in the dining room. Yep. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was she. I think overall, both kids were good. If we're gonna do like what people do, a sports stats where we say we're gonna give them a rating based on the era that they played in. Oh yeah. These kids killed it. Oh, man. Seriously. Because I think child acting has gotten better and better every year, pretty much without stopping since like 1980. Other than... When they started making real life kids movies. <laughs> other than Christina Ricci. Well, that's true. But that every once in a while, you're going to get a, a Babe Ruth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But but like, she's she's she is the Babe Ruth of, of child acting. Yes, absolutely. In that she is so <laughs> outpaced her Or Or Macaulay Culkin, honestly. Oh, yeah he's honestly. the ty cobb of child acting yeah there you go perfect yes <laughs> um but, but yeah the kids but did great. most of the time kids are bad oh they're so bad usually in the 90s or 80s every once in a while you'll get a Haley joel osmond yeah but most of the time you will get a uh jake lloyd <laughs> yeah. unfortunately yep but they, they honestly they were good they, they were good i'd say they batted above average also the kid at the at the beginning did solid <laughs> <laughs> Good at being an annoying little jerk. Yep. <laughs> and good at looking terrified once yeah. he found out yeah. he could be gutted I think, by I think honestly, it's no surprise to me, now that we're talking about that, yeah. that Spielberg was like 
honestly, just that Spielberg making E.T. was by itself such a major part of like the development of kids' movies. For sure. Because I think he is pretty good at getting kids to do a decent job. Yeah. I mean, shoot, between E.T., yeah. Goonies, yep, every <laughs> other movie he's short, ever done. Short round. <laughs> short round. <laughs> so. I, like, I like short round. Yeah. Me too. It's just it's just like a I wanted to be absolutely ridiculous character. I want to be Short Round's friend. As a kid, I was yes. like, I want him to be my friend. Yes, and that's the thing. Which, I think, as a kid, that's the that's the only thing yep. you judge it by. Well, and we can. Tim pe- would have been my friend. Pe- yep. People can you can make fun of Spielberg all you want for being obsessed with dads and obsessed with kids missing their dads. Yep. But he never lost. You know whatever it is that makes adults be able to connect with kids yeah and um you know it Weird. probably made him an overly sentimental old man so weirdly enough good anymore but, yeah <laughs> you weirdly know. enough it uh schindler's list did not rid him of the childhood like sense of wonder yeah, right because he made that the same year he made this movie it's so crazy and then he made lost world and then i think actually what broke him from doing anything when he finally stopped being a guy mm-hmm. who made movies for kids was when he did Saving Private Ryan. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think, can see it. I don't think a movie after that was ever had the same childlike sense of wonder. Because then it was like Minority Report and War yeah. of the Worlds and like I all mean, these war movies. Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. Did, he make, did he make AI before or after? After. That was 2001. That was a kid, right? Kind it, of. It has Haley Joel Osment in it, but I would argue it is a very cynical movie. Yeah. Especially since it's a it's a Kubrick script. Exactly. So I was trying to read into that maybe that he accidentally absorbed part of the mind of Stanley Kubrick and it made him cynical forever. Honestly, that that might but, be uh, nineteen ninety nine. I think <laughs> he read that, Stanley Kubrick's thoughts about childhood and he just was like over it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that could be a good one two punch of Saving yeah. Private Ryan and then AI. Yeah. Because then, because then he got into like Minority Report. Yep, which and it is was like, completely devoid of children. Yes. <laughs> Not only that, but completely devoid of assuming anything is good. Yes. <laughs> well, and then he did like War of and the then Worlds, he, right? And then he got sentimental. Yeah, he did War of the Worlds because he was like, I want to honor old movies. Yeah. And then he got into... And then he, now he's doing like War Horse and like Bridge of Spies and like stuff that we don't care about. He did Bridge of Spies, really? Oh, yeah, he did. Didn't he do, yeah, Link, didn't he do Lincoln as well? Yeah, he did. So, which, which once again, fine, but like... He's he's entered this like sentimental era of his career where he wants to just like honor the past. Yep. It's like how Tom Hanks is a CIA spook. <laughs> yeah. Because all he wants to do is like show how great America is in yeah. every movie. Yeah. Well, uh, Steven Spielberg yeah. has gotten into the, the role of like wanting to look back on the past yeah. and seeing what it, and I think how good it was. I think it's very interesting that like a lot of those guys did that. A lot of guys from that generation because the generation before Spielberg was basically guys who were in this like Hollywood machine basically. Right. It was very impersonal I think for a lot oh, of Oh right, them. because he came in on the tail end of the guys. He was like yeah. He, he was, was at like, the tail end of the guys who went to college. Yes. So he like <laughs> yeah. saw Easy Rider and he was like, I want to go to film school. Pretty much. I think so. I mean, it's like him, George Lucas. Coppola. Uh, Coppola. He's, he, Coppola's probably like the oldest of them. Yeah. And like um, uh, Scorsese. And right. a lot of them became old guys who just like really, I think they all got into it because they liked movies when they were kids. That's the other part of it. Yes. Is that, that, that movies were very accessible when they were children. And so they grew up going to the movies all the time in yep. like the post-war, you know, normalcy, you know, everything's getting yes. back to normal, going to movies all the time, loving them, yep. wanting to make them, and then when they get old, and then just being like, ah, remember that? Remember when uh, they made a movie about, So Steven you know, Spielberg <laughs> saw King Kong in the theaters, exactly. and then he was like, I'm going to make The Lost World. Yeah. I'm going to make my own. I mean, you could really say Jurassic Park is kind of its own King Kong. You know, yeah, but I but Lost World is explicitly sure. like they have a like, they bring the dinosaur to yeah oh the yeah you're right you know what yeah, I mean it's like, even more that was straight up his like I will honor yeah. the past yeah type of thing and kind of so like kind of like how Peter Jackson actually wanted to do King Kong or yeah uh, yep. or like how Scorsese wanted to do did Hugo yeah exactly and they all get really into like niche stuff about like. Yeah. I really want to do a 3D movie or I really want to, you know, I'm not going to be shocked if one of those guys starts doing like a smell-o-vision movie. <laughs> but one of the guys like slightly younger than them, like if Avatar 2 has smell-o-vision, 
Can't wait. <laughs> He's just enough younger than those guys that he probably grew up going to that. I can't wait to smell the... <laughs> smell the, the lizards. The, that... the world of yeah. Avatar. <laughs> whatever planet that's called. Sorry, I ve- we veered if into a bummer of a direction <laughs> it's true we it's like okay. mo- look we like movies <laughs> we generally enjoy movies but we'd love it if the guys who made good movies would keep making good movies i think ultimately i don't think anybody can just keep nailing it forever no but like, this I was think... but but has anyone ever had a bigger year than spielberg that year no i mean very few people between, even release two movies in a year in the between first place. between Releasing a movie that won a bunch of Oscars. Yeah. And releasing a movie that won the box office. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I mean. That was, that was, yeah. that might have been the beginning of the end for him. Because he. You mean he, just that it's like all downhill from yeah, the end? Yeah. Like, you, after, I mean, it literally can't be topped. So. After you do that, what do you do? Okay, well, you, you literally have a blank check to do whatever you want for the rest of your life. You know what's funny about that, though, is yeah. like after that, and I'm sure you've seen this. One of the things he decided to do was finish his college degree. That's right. Didn't and he, he submitted Schindler's List as his senior film, which is like kind of a joke. Unbelievable. You know? But it's like, I mean, that is the, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you do when you run out of places to conquer your career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't really go much further up from being the guy who invented summer blockbusters, <laughs> yeah. making a billion dollars. Right. Well, and I guess the other thing that he did was start his own studio. Yeah, that's right. So, like, that had to have been not that long after this, right? What? Making DreamWorks? DreamWorks was 96, 97. Yeah. Yeah. So... He went the George Lucas route of uh, making I, your own studio. Yeah, almost being immediately after. the boss, yeah. being the guy who... And that's the thing, you know, um, then it really is just what do you feel like doing? Yeah. How much money do you feel like spending Truly, on your movie? It was a specific era, I think, of movie making that will never exist again. In that once you get that successful in the studio, the studio still exists to support you in that way. Yeah. It allows you to do something like Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. that is that big of a blockbuster. And now, I mean, between like being focus group to death and I, just having a dark, uh, kind of a, a death of the studio system in the traditional way, because everybody's losing money now. Yeah, um, I think I think the main thing with Spielberg is that he had an insane amount of leverage, right? Of them being able to recognize his talent and how much money he can make. Yes, and nobody individually, I think, really can carry that and and the other trick was that he wanted to be accessible yeah almost had like a pathological need to make these movies that were for everyone yes the movies that like have interesting themes and interesting character arcs and everything but yeah like anybody can enjoy but you could also watch with your nine seven and five year old yeah yeah on vhs (laughs) some some dark night on a like 19 inch tv probably. and and have your wife be like i don't know what these kids are gonna <laughs> yeah you're gonna give these kids nightmares yep and they'll love it Good. thanks thanks dad Thank, yeah <laughs> thanks steve and steve <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> got any final thoughts on this uh i don't think so i think we pretty much covered it we almost talked about none of the plot which i love <laughs> yeah what what's there to say the plot happens like yep uh, all the stuff with Ned. Oh, one yeah, one last thing. <laughs> De- or Dennis Nedry, I should yes. say, not Ned. One last thing mm. is that Dennis Nedry is a comic master. The moment of him pressing the button on his stopwatch and pressing the button with the mouse with both with the same hand at the same time. Yep. I just love like his fat hands and like him doing that motion in such like a funny, deft way. Yes, he's like a mime. It's perfect. It, he's so good my favorite and uh i believe this is one that a couple of friends of mine would also quote a lot but the when dodgson yep. shows up and he's like uh trying to be all secretive and spy like <laughs> and the and he's like dodson we got dodson over here <laughs> see? see nobody cares <laughs> also the thing with the the den of the spat poison or whatever. Dilophosaurus. That whole scene when I was a kid, that I think gave me more anxiety than anything else. That's in the probably movie. the scariest death because yeah. it's it's surprising. It's weird. Honestly, I think because I was a kid and he dropped his glasses. It's, I think that was a big Oh, question. you had glasses. Dropping right. your glasses in the not that I was like that blind. No. But like dropping your glasses in the mud. Yeah. And 
probably just you know just the fact that he probably was like gonna get caught very scary you know just adds another layer to him probably getting killed by a dinosaur <laughs> fun fact for so much movies listeners yep. uh tyler broke his glasses a lot <laughs> yeah i got glasses when i was three tyler so. tyler uh, i remember tyler's glasses being taped on the sides more often than they weren't <laughs> yep correct big nerd <laughs> secret nerd i managed to only have to have them taped in the middle a couple times yeah I managed to dodge that one most of the time. Because once that happens, that gets fixed pretty fast. Because yeah. it's really uncomfortable. Now, Tyler has long hair and is cool. <laughs> and I'm the big nerd. Yep. How the tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs>